Welcome to Lacrosse Recruiting 101, where the biggest names in lacrosse share their inside views and expertise. Now, your host, Luke Cometti. Coach Raymond. That was intense, man. <laughs> I'm ready to like go. Yeah, yeah, fired up. <laughs> Thanks for having me out to Geneva to do this. Sunny Geneva, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, as I was sharing with you, right when I got here, I used to service a hospital when I worked for a med device company, but it was kind of like right north of like the town and where campus is. And then like right when you get past that area and you start driving near Seneca Lake and kind of you really get into the town, it's like, you forget how beautiful it really is here. Yeah, like it's, how, a nice, it's a nice town, man. It's a nice lake town. And, it, you know, I think the... Uh, the attraction that that we bring um to this campus um you know it gets drowned out by the winter a little bit yeah we'll start to worry about the winter but you know it's 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 still beautiful throughout that whole time as well you exactly. know and so um it's uh it's a it's a nice it's a nice camaraderie there's there's a really cool feel to a small lake town you know yeah. it's uh there's a lot of pride in it I think people are very prideful of Geneva, and and um, you talk to uh, lifers here and people that have been around forever. And my wife and I are dug in and, and love this place as well. So um, I appreciate you saying that, man. It's a it's a nice town. No, oh, yeah. I mean, we're what we're a week away from Christmas here, and I would think just being an upstate New York school, you'd probably try to get the recruits on campus during the summer because obviously up here in the summer is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I mean. You still get a great fall here and heck like i said it's december grant there's no snow on the ground the sun was shining you know it's <laughs> yeah. like glistening off the lake i'm Absolutely. like oh geez <laughs> like, so now you know we have this indoor facility now so it's always 70 and sunny in there so it's, yeah th yeah it's nice but yeah we i mean the recruits we we bring all, all year round obviously a lot in the summer and the fall is uh, i mean the place is gorgeous i think there's a you know kind of that orange skyline every night we seem to just kind of have a have a luck of the draw there but you know we i mean we don't lie to them we're like you yeah. know the winter comes <laughs> you know? <laughs> i mean that's that's what happens but uh yeah. you know i think now that we do have a roof over a brand new facility in a field you know the, the these these families and these young men understand that yeah maybe cold walking to class but as we're preparing to get better you know there's there's a place where i can go do that comfortably when did you get the bubble and is it a full field in there or you know what exactly i haven't been inside it but. yeah that was uh, i mean this is our third year now okay i was gonna say i don't yeah. remember it being here last brand, time it's year. brand new and um the tom pool family sports dome so yeah tom pool is a you know outstanding alum here and i think he gives to every cause that we have but um yeah it's i mean full field we play we play games in there awesome yeah you know i mean you get you get uh, snipped a little bit on the on the amount of fans. Yeah, you know, I think there's maybe 300 total, but um, it's I mean, literally for the lack of sounding corny, it's changed our lives. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I don't know. In high school, I didn't notice it as much because you don't start the season as early. You know, being from Syracuse, and then you know when I played at Albany, we we're fortunate to get a decent amount of inside turf time at a local, you know, a local kind of just indoor place. Right. But a lot of times we were outside and, you know, when it's freezing and, you know, it's snow, well, whether it's snowing or not, but when it's cold and, you know, it's painfully cold, it's, it's hard to enjoy lacrosse. Oh, it's yeah. hard to enjoy anything. It's very true. Very and, true. <laughs> and then, you know, when I transferred to Syracuse and obviously, you know, you have the dome and you had Manly at the time, 
I mean, we're we're only outside if it was nice out. And sure. so it's like it's almost like lacrosse was meant to be played, you know, with just the t-shirt and shorts on, you know, not all bundled up. You have to do right. it when you have to do it, but it was kind of a, a game changer and it sounds like the same thing for you guys here. Yeah, and then you, I mean, you up you, you upstart that season by a month too where you know, our guys come back January 10th and before we had this thing uh, we would play in in the field house which was it's it's a tennis court surface okay and um i mean injuries just piled up you know yeah. so you and the, what you also face luke is the is the change of surface how hard it is outside so it, it's not so much that it's cold it's that that surface is just it's hard to stop and go you yeah. know pound your legs a little bit more and you, so what what our huge sell was for uh, our alums and and the people that care so much about lacrosse at this place was it the, the enjoyment yeah is tough but you can't really get that much better you know it's the the preparation that uh, you're playing Penn State on February 5th and you I don't think we practiced outside this is one of my first years <laughs> I don't think we practiced outside once yeah. you know and you, you know, I'm getting kind of interviewed, but how do you think you're going to do? I'm like, I, you know what? I, I, I'm I not sure, right? You know, because your we, guess is as good as mine. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've, we've been clearing on a tennis court. So, um, you know, the, the injury stuff is, is a big is a big part of that. It's a big part of the cold. And and um, and you're right. You know, when you're in we were out there for I mean, it's the first seven years there. We're out. We're calling buildings and grounds. Can you plow? Is it? I mean, we're, yeah. we're walking on the surface to see how hard it is and talking to trainers and what's safe to play in, what's not safe to play in. There's temperature protocols you got to go through. It's exhausting, man. You know, it's, it, it takes so much time away from your prep, so much time away from your team development, just figuring out when and where you're going to practice, you know? And yeah. uh, so that needed to change. And since it has, it, you know, our recruiting's going in the right direction or that, that first game, we, and we've got, teams that come scrimmage us here now and it's uh it's just saving money on budget cost and travel cost and you know so it's just uh the 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 way that it changes your day is you go yeah you get an indoor facility it's great but i don't think you really know how great it is yeah. you know until oh, yeah. until you're not checking the weather every morning <laughs> at 5 a.m to figure out if practice is going to happen you know so it's been a huge change for us man you mentioned the surface i mean that's a huge thing but what i noticed too is you know, and especially early in the season, you guys are going over a lot, right? You're putting in a lot, right? You need to talk to the team. You need to make sure everyone's on the same page. And you, like, you need to have them stop and go over things. But you can only do that for so long when it's cold, you know, because you're not just going to, okay, now let's get back into calisthenic stretching, you know, every time. And they, when you talk about those injuries, it was like I felt like it was always when coaches were going over things, but – you can only stand there for so long, yeah. you know, when it's uh, 20 degrees out. They're not hop right back into a full speed jump. Yeah, they're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> you can just look at them. You see them not listening to you. They're yeah. jumping. They're shaking. They're, you know, they're kind of trying to stay warm, and they're exactly. not doing it. I remember a practice, brother, um, where uh, and we had to get out there. We were we were playing, I think, we were playing Cornell on Saturday. We, had, we hadn't practiced outside yet, and I'm talking to the, our sports medicine staff, and I'm saying we're going outside today. I don't know what to tell you, but it's got to happen. And <laughs> so, uh, the uh, I think the protocol that they had us go through was um, we could practice outside for 15 minutes at a time, and then we'd have to go back inside. Oh, and geez. so we practice outside, and we'd go inside, we'd set up a drill, we'd run outside, we'd practice for 15 minutes, and run back inside. And guys are freezing, and you know we're drawing up another 
another drill on the board and okay we're not going to talk at all when we're out there we're just going to blow the whistle and go so run out there and it's like a fire drill we're going out <laughs> in and out and in and you know so it uh, something needed to change but you're right you know the cold weather's is it, it, it's a distracting force and and um but we're not the only ones you know yeah. that's for sure a lot of people are enduring this you know you said it at albany and you know, we play Canisius every year. They're going through the same things. Cornell goes through the same things. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, if you look at the state of New York, there's, I think yeah. there's 17, 17 division one programs in the state. And, um, you know, it's not that much warmer on Long Island or that no. much warmer in Hudson Valley. So, you know, you can whine about it or you can get better. And, and uh, you just got to figure out that, that, that balance and that routine. This fall, did you guys use the bubble at all, or were you outside mostly? You know how this fall go? I mean, it seemed to be pretty decent weather, but you probably want to get used to playing in there, or just if it's rainy or whatever it is, you probably just hop right in there. You know what What happens, I, and I don't know if you felt this at all at Cuse, but the the guys start to get soft. <laughs> it's it's crazy, you know, and, and so you, they come and they ask if it's, you know, if it's raining out, um, they'll send a, you know, a first year, to the coach's locker room yeah. to ask are we in or out <laughs> and, and you know we always send them out on a rail like why would we practice inside you know <laughs> it's 50 degrees outside and it's raining we we have to we're going outside it so rain for five minutes on the way to class yeah so, i mean <laughs> there'll be times brother where we'll, we'll be in that dome and and uh they're just you know not really appreciating it or or understanding the opportunity or understand the sacrifices that complete strangers made so that they could have a nice warm facility and we'll just take them outside and yeah. you know if it's cold if it's snowy if it's hailing we're we're going to finish this out on the boz here so <laughs> we we want to be out on boswell field as much as possible right yeah. that's our home facility we want that to be a sacred ground to us you know our, our guys when we come back from an away game believe it or not they'll they'll go out and kiss the turf you know we made that a tradition just like smack smack their hand on it we're back in the boss we're back home so um we want that to be one of the best lacrosse facilities in the country it's got a lot of tradition there's 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 tons of love of lacrosse on that field so we get out there as much as possible and you know in the fall it's um we we practice in the morning so there's not really a ton of need to go in the dome we have the whole facility to ourselves and so we kind of you know make that shift when they come back in january and we'll still try to get outside as, as often as we can yeah. This fall, did you have a lot of recruits on campus? I mean, I imagine you're showing them that bubble now as you're saying it's helping recruiting a lot. But, you know, what's a typical weekend, right, if you get a player in? What's that looking like now, especially since it's not all remote, you know, Zoom calls with these recruits? You're probably able to have some on campus. How did that go this fall? Uh, I mean, what great. It's, it's you know, kind of getting back into a routine that, that you that you fell out of to be honest with you you know we yeah. we figured out ways to 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 recruit and to build relationship through you know through a screen which uh was frustrating but you know i think luke you honestly we took away some things that we didn't do before i mean you never you didn't we didn't facetime a ton we didn't zoom a ton we made a lot of calls but he started doing it a couple of years ago or you know it's it's a year and a half ago now and it's like why wouldn't we do this all the time why wouldn't we yeah you know why wouldn't we see them on a screen and then bring them to campus and see them here it's just there's more familiarity there so as frustrating as it was we took a lot of that stuff into how we recruited this fall and and um and the way that our uh our tours went with kids kids could come to see campus 
but they couldn't see us the, the, through that whole dead period. And um, so a lot of kids did that. And, and a lot of these prospects and families went on admission stores and they went to campuses and the, the, anybody besides the coaching staff could show you all these things. And we developed great relationships with admissions liaisons and, and folks. So we, we incorporated them into what we did uh, this fall as well. We just, we felt like our practices improved, you know, when we could get back into the routine of actually seeing people face to face, a lot of the stuff that we used when we couldn't worked well. And, yeah. you know, we, we got a, we got a great class through that covid recruiting system at least we think they're great so um you know i think uh combining some of those forces and taking the good out of the difficult was was something that made this fall flow a little bit and you know full transparency we just we saw what an extended timeline does for a class and does for us and and we're, we're not really uh we kind of we joke a little bit as a staff and we're just not a september 1st institution you know it's yeah. the, that's not the program that we are we're not giving an answer by september 2nd type type school and we just we, we've we've seen how a slow pace benefits us and so we didn't have i mean we had visits for sure i mean we weren't bombarded with them and we uh we we do love the 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 multiple sport athlete and um a lot of them i think are are sensing some of that slow pace as well you know i think when when it when it opened back up you, you felt a sprint from everyone like we need commitments yeah. you know and uh, the kids wanted to commit even if they didn't know they're just like oh, we don't know what's going to happen they may shut the whole world down again i'm just going to say yes you know and yeah. if it doesn't work out i'll switch and it couldn't be more of the wrong thing to do right so exactly. um you know so we we've started at least the young men we speak to we've we've had them take a deep breath and and told them you know we we were you think our, our our pool's in a good place it's small it's 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 confined it's intimate with the with the young men that we really like and we don't stop liking them so we do our research and and then when september 1st rolls around it's kind of that just that the rite of passage where you know now we can communicate but it's not going to be our our interest isn't going to fade based on time it's going to change based on whether or not this young man doesn't like us or we see something about him that won't fit our program well but right now these are the guys that we like so do they get here in september october november december we don't care we just want them to get here so we're actually seeing a little bit more action now as um you know football season ended soccer season ended and and so there, there's some more free time for these young men to get up to campus and um so we've kind of we we've spotted them throughout and and had young men here and their families and that's b very important to us as well um that they can bring everyone yeah you know as many people as you can get here uh because we gotta you know we gotta we gotta check some boxes and, and figure some things out through um, relationships with, with mom and dad and sister and brother and all that good stuff. So um, it was busy, but uh, in the best way, you know, it just felt like we were doing uh, a better job through practices learned yeah. um, in a difficult situation. So um, yeah, we're off and running again and recruiting never ends, right? <laughs> exactly. We're not doing it. Someone else's. So yep. yeah, that's the way it goes. I'm glad you brought up like the the best practices you've learned over the extended dead period, things that you guys picked up as a staff. And I, you know, I asked Coach Tierney on the last podcast, you know, what were some of those things? But I'm also kind of interested 
I think players and families had to change their approach too to try to get recruited. You know, can you think of anything that they started doing during that dead period that you, you know, hope for them to continue to do, at least your potential recruits in the future? Uh, well, the, you know, the first is, and it's always been the most important, um, what, how, what kind of ability do you, or do you have to articulate how badly you want this thing? You know, yeah, that had to grow through the telephone, the Zoom. You had to be able to speak, you know, yeah. uh, and we saw, you know, we learned how to watch, you know, more highlight films and more film and, and evaluate. And, and if you think about it, if you go back and we had this conversation when um, the whole thing started with a bunch of different coaching staffs about, you know, re re evaluating players off of film. And um, everyone's like, I don't want to do it, yada, yada, yada. And I started to kind of talk to our staff about, well, let's, let's think of it in a different perspective. Let's say we're prepping for another team and we're evaluating their players. That's the only forum that we have to, to put together a plan for the most important days. Um, I mean, recruiting and team building, da, da, da. It's all to win these games, right? And so yeah. – we prep all on film. Why can't we make decisions on young men based on film? And um, it just freaked you out. You felt like it wasn't oh, yeah. going to be accurate. But, uh, you know, I can watch Brian on film and go, he's really good, you know. So this is how we need to defend him. I think I can do that with, with a young man in high school to a degree, right? I think it's a little bit different. And there are some discrepancies there for sure. But, you know, I think w we, we saw that film and we started to – we started to change in that forum, but then what we saw was young men and their families being much more comfortable being open on the computer, being open on the phone and, and, you know, being able to talk about, um, why they want this thing and, and how they're going to make it work even better. Right. And yeah. the, the communication brother is choppy at times, you know, you where the, the things that, that make us, uh, develop these lasting relationships are, you know, what, what is this person, who is this person going to be for our program? Right. And, you know, does he help facilitate our growth and, um, will his parents do the same, right? Cause the, this is, we, this is an inclusive environment. We need their influence to be, uh, powerful over that young man and to trust us. So, um, but you don't always get a lot out of them. You know, it, it's kind of like sometimes they're in this office, Luke, and I mean, they're looking up at the ceiling and they're all, I'm like, is this guy even listening to me? You know, and, but, and then I, we, we love asking questions that, that require uh, like in-depth thought before you answer. And so the kids can't just fire off, you know, um, we, we ask a lot about, you know, who, who their best friends are and why are these your best friends? You know, tell, tell us what about these acquaintances make them quote unquote best. Not just know? a yes, no answers. Right. Do they challenge yeah. you? Are you competitive? Do they, do, do you trust them? Are they loyal yet? Yeah, like talk about that stuff and tell me about your relationship with your mom, you know, and She's sitting in the room, and it gets, it, you know, it gets, it gets weird. They, they, they're looking at Space each other. Space gets a little red. Yeah, and, yeah. and mom's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> tell them what's going on, you know? So, um, I mean, even even to the talk, talk about your favorite book. Talk about your favorite movie. Just talk, you know? Let us let us yeah. figure out who you are. And um, that that had to expand, and it had to grow through that that year and a half or to, I mean, it feels like 10. I don't even, you know, know how long that dead period was, <laughs> yeah, but, was um, 
So we saw conversations grow, and you know we saw uh, these young men and these families be able to uh, to express a little bit better through conversation why Division One lacrosse mattered to them and and why why they wanted to participate willingly. It's another thing we tell recruits a lot: like this is your decision, yeah, right, your choice. Tell us why you're making this choice. Why do you want to commit yourself completely to 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 this program or a program, right? Because yeah. that's what you got to do. So um, I know that sounds simple, but I, I really felt those moving forward. I did. I felt the conversations getting better and, um, you know, being able to have a great evaluation after a phone call. You know, sometimes you hang up the phone and – I'm like, my assistants are like, does he like us? I'm like, I don't know. You maybe I, 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 he didn't say anything. You know, he he seems like a good kid. You know, he seems like a motivated young man, but he really doesn't say much. You know, and I think um, these young men and these families have to know that um, we can't just recruit the superficial. Like we can't just see the speed and the and the skill and and just bank on it. it there, yep. there's so much depth to what we do at this level that they have to be able to talk about why, you know, they have to be able to articulate and use those words as why, why are you doing this? Why, why are your parents driving you to and from all these tournaments? Why are you in this office? You know, why do you hit the wall so much? I mean, you got to be able to say it. And um, so I think that, I think that helped kickstart. That's one thing for sure. Yeah. Man, that's some, some great advice and having experience coaching high school players, you know, when I was down in Texas, they can talk. That's for sure. Most of them can talk and they can talk a lot, but I imagine when they get in that recruiting process and they're talking to a coach as yourself or, you know, one of your assistants, it can be a little nerve wracking, right? They don't want to say the wrong things. And so they, you know, inevitably are a little quieter than they normally would be. And I imagine it's like an art for you to come up with these type of questions to really get to know them or to at least, you know, have them explain themselves and kind of, but I mean, not only that, it's probably good for them because some of these kids and these young men maybe have just been on a track that they haven't really even thought about. They just, they played playing lacrosse since first grade. So yeah, what's the next step? Go to play in college. And then it's like, do you even really want to play in college? Oh, exactly. I never, no one asked me that. <laughs> wow, great question. Yeah, so you're almost like a therapist at that point. Yeah, <laughs> and you you know, man, I mean, we have it. You, you see our, you know, our Hobart lacrosse credo right to the right of me here. And, you know, one of my favorites, we keep our guard high. We never let the music die. And the music being the passion for the game of lacrosse. And, yeah. you know, so... Uh, there, there are times where, I mean, we're all human, right? I mean, you know, so people have bad days, ups, downs, yada, yada. Um, but I walk through stretching lines, and it's one of my favorite parts of practice is just kind of looking in some eyes and seeing who's here, seeing who's not, you know. And, you know, I'll walk by one of my guys, and I'm like, yeah, where, where are you right now? And you, huh? Yeah, I'm like, hey, <laughs> exactly. how are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here, coach. I'm here. No, you're not. Where are you? And I got that, you know, I got a paper or, you know, my girlfriend or yada, yada, yada. And it's like, yeah, you know, I care about that a ton, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to care in two hours, right? After yeah. this practice. So, um, are you, is, is there anything wrong? Is, is there an emergency? Do you need anything? No, no, no. Everything's fine. Great. Well, when did you first start playing this sport? I'll ask it on a Tuesday, you know, at four thirty. When did you first realize you love lacrosse? 
And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, think about it. You know, <laughs> what, what do you what do you hear on this field for right now? When did it happen? You know, and they can kind of dig at it a bit. And some guys will just flow and they'll talk. To, I'm like, all right, stretch is done. You know, <laughs> we, we got to get practice rolling. You know, so uh, but um, it, it's it's funny how how little time I think they spend on it, and how much they play. Like these young men are playing so much lacrosse. Yeah, so much to the point where at times. You have to have them sit back and evaluate, are you enjoying this, right? I mean, I know, yeah. it, again, sounds like an after-school special, but take some time and just think about it. Are you actually having fun competing and winning or losing or, or learning how to handle both of those? Because the, the club thing's tough, man. You 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 can get twisted in there. It's, it's necessary and it's great, but you can you, you lose a game and, you know, look, you, go, you just go play another one. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we lost or this and that. I mean, well, what'd you learn? You know, did you, can you evaluate, do you have enough time to evaluate that? That's why losing at our level stings so much. You just, it just sits with you for a week. Yeah, it's you all know? week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's just like, ah, yeah. you know, and you're watching the film and you're breaking it down and you're having these regrets, but you just learn so much. Yeah. You learn, you learn so much from failure at this level, but are they there? Are they learning from success? And it just goes back to that passion for me, you know? So that, that question is very important. It's very important to ask every once in a while and just go, just resettle, sit back and go, you know, is the music alive, you know, and how do I make sure it never dies? How do I make sure the passion is? Because when you get here, lots of sacrifices, right? Lots yeah. of time, lots of, you know, lots of lots of lonely moments maybe without playing time or with playing time, whatever it is. There's, there's conversations in the mirror that get tricky at this level. So, you know, I think um, understanding that balance early for these, for these young men right now, why are you passionate about this sport? It's going to be ultra beneficial in their recruiting process and also after that recruiting process when the work starts, you know, yeah, when exactly. it actually begins and we kick it up a notch. So, um, yeah, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting look at this thing, but, you know, we're pretty corny here, man. I mean, if you, if you were to ask me the things, our, our, guys, our guys have a, they got to read a Dr. Seuss book over the break, um, <laughs> Horton Hears a Who. Okay. Amazing book, Luke. Yeah. It, yeah I, so I got these three kids, like I told you about, and <laughs> like we're watching like Toy Story, you know, Buzz Lightyear's. I'm like, this is good stuff, man. Like, <laughs> look at him leading, you know? And my, my son's forced. Like, what? I mean, your son into the team group chat. <laughs> yeah. My son's like, it was a pig and a slinky dog. Hey, what are you, can I just watch this? Um, so, but um, it, there, there's, I think there's a lot of benefit to, finding the youth and the, you know, where it all started. And so, yeah, yeah read a Dr. Seuss book and get a message from it. There's, there's one in there for sure. Yeah. Hey everyone, real quick, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by profilmreview.com. This is an awesome service for youth and high school lacrosse players, which gives you the opportunity to have your film broken down by a professional player and or coach of your choosing. As a player, you get a ton of game film throughout the year, and most of the time, it's only used for like a couple three-minute highlight videos. Why not get the most out of that film? Profilmreview.com is a super easy process where the professional focuses on you, what you did well, your opportunities to improve, and specific things you can work on to better your game. Visit Profilmreview.com and use the code LR101 to receive 25% off your first review. It seems like there's a lot more talk about... You know, it used to always be 
hard work. You know, the more you play, the better you're going to get. You know, you got to push yourself through. But now that kids are playing so much, you know, as you're saying, you play, you know, 40 games in a summer, it's hard to really evaluate what you learn from a loss or a win or whatever. And they're just playing so much. And a lot of young players, you're talking about club lacrosse, it's like this sprint to get recruited and to commit. And it's all this hard work. And sometimes it's so nonstop that, you know, it's almost like the end in sight is committing. But as you said, it's just beginning then. And if you don't actually love lacrosse and you're just doing it to get committed, I mean, inevitably, you know, at some point you're going to not like it. It's not going to work out, whatever it is. And you got to make sure, A, to have that balance. And no matter what, no matter what level of college lacrosse you play, you have to have a passion for it. I mean, you can say that for anything you do or else, you know, it's really not going to work out. Yeah, 100%. And the grass is just going to be greener for you. You're going to figure that you're going to provide yourself an excuse you know, to, and, and we, we don't ever want our guys to be, you know, misconstrued or, or challenged in what it takes to be successful. You do have to put in the work. I yeah. mean, that, that's uh, unfortunately assumed, you know, it has to be. If, I, if, if we have to convince our guys of what repetition does for your skill or, you know, how, how fit you need to be in order to succeed. And, you know, what, what type of teammate is, is a great teammate. If we're constantly convincing them, we're just not going to win, you know, we're just, we, we won't be any good. So um, beforehand, before they get here, we got to have a pretty good idea that this young man's going to work and, you know, he's going to do it because he knows how much that'll benefit him. Right. Yeah. So you commit to this thing completely we want you to know that it's for us. It's a we thing, but you're never going to know anything about yourself until you do, you know, until, until you go all the way and see and just see what you're made of. And if, if you've got an excuse or, or a past green pasture somewhere else, you just won't dive in. You yeah. know, we, we like to do the polar bear plunge before the season in Seneca Lake. And I'm like, don't feel the water. It's cold. I'm telling you right now, you don't, don't dip your toe in. Just jump. You. <laughs> yeah, just jump in the thing. Jump in and get right back out and we'll get out of here. Well, let's hope nobody gets the flu, right? So, um, but, you know, that metaphor is everything to me. That's what this season is. You Don't second guess. Don't question. Don't worry. Just go all the way. Do what we yeah. ask you to do as best you can for as long as you can. And so, I mean, we want hard workers, man. But the enjoyment in the hard work it, it 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 really it it can make that work more beneficial it can make it more meaningful because if you have that plan uh, and you understand why uh, before you do it it's not just i gotta go shoot you know i gotta go lift or i gotta eat right i gotta hydrate i gotta sleep you just do those things yep. you do them because you know what they do for you what they do for the team so um not being not having to convince uh a person to enjoy lacrosse is a necessity right exactly. <laughs> you, you you got you got to have that balance before you get here being a smaller school especially you know division one lacrosse school you guys I believe men's lacrosse is the only Division One team on campus. Correct. And there's probably a lot of things that you, you know, as a school and as a program can't maybe offer that some of these larger programs and schools can in Division One. But I imagine there's a lot of things you can be in a smaller school. Can you talk about those a little bit? And I'm sure these are conversations you have with recruits and parents all the time, but what are some experiences you will have at Hobart that you're not going to see at some of these big, you know, maybe ACC schools or whatnot? Sure. I, I mean, we, we think there are tons, you know, I, 
the you know the car salesman and all of us has to come out a little bit when you when you get young men and families on campus and you know this is uh you know this is the make and the model that that you want the most right <laughs> and um but there there are specific cells to this place that we believe in completely in terms of not necessarily being better you know we talk about a small classroom here and i mean we don't you know poke at a big classroom i mean that negative recruiting doesn't do much for us if yeah. you know the if if you want that giant lecture hall you're not a bad person you know you just you can't get it here right so we we tell them what this experience is and then they have to determine if that's going to benefit them or not you know i mean that's that was my kind of my thing at at hopkins was my mom's like you know you need a small classroom or you're going to drift off into nowhere and that's not going to be good for you so that that went into my decision making it really did and um so the the one thing we we talk about first is what the size of the school means for your experience Right. And it's, you know, what, what a small classroom, we just say, Hey, the classroom's small, but what does that do for you? What kind of relationship do you have with your professor? And, um, do you want that? You know, some people like, I'm going to sit in the back, I'll get my work done. I don't, I don't need to know my professor. We, we, uh, we, we promote it here. And we also, when they get here, don't allow it to be a farce in the recruiting. It's that, no, this is, these are the, these are the non-negotiable things you do on a weekly basis to make sure that the 10 to one student to faculty ratio here works for you. That wow. 10 to one, 10 to one. So that if we're going to take advantage of this, these are the ways because ultimately brother, this is still a college student, right? Yeah. You, give them, you give them an inch and they take a mile. So it's every two weeks, you need to be in those office hours. And that's the only way this relationship will grow. You do need to sit in the front of that class. You do need to turn your cell phone off and you do need to be engaged. And if you're not, you might as well be in a giant lecture hall, you know? Yeah. And again, it doesn't make you a bad person, but you're not gonna, we're not gonna have you commit to um, the benefits of this small school and then not push you to take advantage of them. Because that's what's going to facilitate the experience is, you know, the people here. That's what we talk about constantly, our people. Um, our buildings are great. You just said it to start this thing. Yeah. Our grass is green, man. <laughs> the water in Seneca Lake's wet. You know, yeah. that it doesn't have anything to do with how happy you're going to be on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Or how successful you can be on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, the people you're surrounding yourself with. That's that's what we talk about a ton. So we start with that ten to one, and and um, help them understand better how, as a coaching staff, we'll facilitate that through their four years and how that'll help them grow. Um, we I, very honestly talk about our team a ton and the people that are on that people that are on this roster, and how much they help each other and you know our leadership council and the things that that does for our group and and the hierarchy of our family, what our seniors do for the juniors and the juniors for the sophomores, the sophomores for the freshmen. We talk about that a lot. We believe our culture to be unique and, and we, we want it to be the str strength of this recruiting process. Um, and, you know, on top of that, you're talking about an outstanding network that has a ton of pride in the small school, right? Yeah. And, I mean, if you walked into our locker room, you know, we got a couple signs. There are core values, and and one of them is an underdog. And there's this huge picture. Um, that's my. I tell my guys all the time. Like this is my favorite picture in the world. 
and um, I got th- my wife and three kids. <laughs> That's my favorite picture <laughs> in the world. Um, but it's it's just a it's a it's a picture of a small small man jumping off a rock, um, and it's a David and Goliath shot, and he's fearless going after this huge monster, right? And so we love the feel of when we play Syracuse in the dome, it's 50 guys versus 50,000, you know, that we promote that. We want it. We want that underdog mentality. We want the chip on the shoulder, the guy that, you know, maybe got looked over a few times or maybe he was too small as a sophomore and a junior, but then it's a junior summer. He blew up a little bit. And um, so everybody in our locker room has got a story, man, about how they ended up at Hobart and why. It's not just, ah, you know, Coach Raymond's, kind of cool and good education. Now, this is why I chose this place. I chose this place because um, it's a small school and we can beat the big. And um, so we talk about that a ton. And the alums that are connected to, I mean, any, any place you win 10 national championships in a row, no matter what the sport, what the level, uh, that's just going to provide a great pride, you know, yeah. and, and a great tradition. So, um, you know, I think having that network connected to this underdog feel and what what they show and how they've succeeded in the corporate world and in in any facet of business or, or your career um they help out a ton they with our career services center our internship process it's it's exact without gray area so we we love the size of the school but this is why right this is what it does for you it's small but you can have a really, really big feel, and um, and these are the ways. So we connect it to the program, we connect it to the alums, we connect it to the classroom experience. But um, you know that underdog feel is everything for us. There's definitely a lot of selling points there, um, and one that I'm just kind of curious about is you mentioned the culture and how you want to give the recruits a taste of what that is, and you mentioned you know how the seniors interact with the juniors, how the juniors interact with the sophomores. Does that happen kind of organically, just being on campus, being a part of this program? Or is that something you help facilitate as a staff? You know, is that part of it coming from the alumni or is it kind of a culmination of all that? Where, you know, that special culture you have here at Hobart, where, where does that stem from? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of both. I mean, uh, mainly the latter. There, it's a stem of everything, but, you know, I think any place you go – where you're competing at the division one level, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have a culture of some sort, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's going to grow bad. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and um, I, I think if, if you care enough about winning and, and the commitment to the team, a lot of this stuff will, will grow. You'll spend some time with the guys you're and and uh, you'll you'll go through those those challenging moments in a practice or you know a uh, a game or this and that and you'll inevitably grow a little bit closer right i think that does happen but um we we want to believe that it's our strategy here that our strategy of winning is the strength of the culture and you know what and the ways that we the ways that we define it so we we put our guys into a lot of different cultural positions so that um we don't say words like family. We don't say words like leadership without 
definitions behind them for strictly for us yeah right okay how many how many teams say they're a family it's it's great i mean and i'm sure that they are but for us what does the word family mean here you know and um uh, we like i told you before you know we're we're pretty corny you know where we'll sit in a room <laughs> and you'll talk about talk about family like tell me about your family really like what about your family is unique and um can you relate it all to what we're doing here. I mean, I, I don't know another forum of accountability that's more exact than a family, you know, like who hold, held you more accountable than your parents, Yeah. you know, or your big brother, who do you compete with more than a sibling? You know, yeah. my, my brother and I, I mean, I'm 40, he's 42. We still have to ask our mom if we can play ping pong because paddles are broken, you know, uh, bloody noses. <laughs> we were cursing at each other, you know, she's like, it's Thanksgiving. Don't ruin Thanksgiving. Um, but I, I don't remember competing any harder with anybody else than him. And I don't think I have a better relationship with anybody in the world than him. My wife, of course, my, you know, and, and a couple other folks, but that's what we want them to see. We want them to, okay. So, cause family's different here or family's different there right some people don't like their families yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. so so what is it why is it special for us to say that you know after we if we break a huddle right and yeah you know so but you, look you can't you can't just assume that I'm, I'm gonna bring a young man in here and point to a stranger and go that's your brother and he's gonna go no, it's not. I, I don't even know that guy, right? I know I know he's supposed to be, but yeah. I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to pass that type of um that uh, that type of strength and relationship. I'm not going to leave it up to chance, and that it's just going to grow. Uh, I'm going to make those two actually have conversations and yeah. and and learn them and learn about each other. And so we have our uh, we have team meetings, we have film sessions, we have uh, and what we have uh, we call them family seminars where um, we kind of force family time and we, we get in there and I mean, the, those, those seminars stem to goals and beliefs and fears about what we can accomplish, but um, it's more so just to know each other better. And, you know, and that, and that seminar can be in our team room. We go to Bristol mountain, you know, Watkins Glen state park, it just, you know, any place where literally we can get them away from alcohol or anything on the weekend where they feel like that's the only way to connect. And we show them you can have a blast with each other if you literally just walk down to the park and throw a frisbee around. Yeah. I mean, you can really do those things and and you and it's not gonna it's not gonna cost you anything. It's not uh it's not that challenging. It's just you go pick up a teammate and I mean, talk to him for a while, right? Grab a cup of coffee. Yeah. So um you know, unfortunately those things don't happen a ton unless we ask our guys to do that right and so yeah. um so our whole fall is cultural growth you know i mean we went down we scrimmaged high point and hopkins at hopkins and we i mean we didn't practice the day before we we drove down we went to the zoo we had a dinner we had an alum come talk to us about what hobart means and and yeah and it's just all all growth and and knowledge and um so uh, i'm under the assumption that when these young men get here that they really have no idea how to be a great teammate and they have no idea how to be a great leader and they have no idea how to be a division one student athlete. We just, we, we teach it and, and the way that, the way that we know best. So, um, it'll happen, man, like you said, but, uh, if it's going to happen in a healthy way, we're going to put them in these healthy forums. 
and yeah. um, and help define some of these so frequently used cultural words, right? Exactly. I mean, you look up there and you go, lead, right? Yeah. Leadership. Awesome. Yeah. We want leaders. Great. Who doesn't? You know, every coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah you got to be something about you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. We know all that stuff, yeah. but let's define some words here and let's make a matter of fact. Let's make them meaningful. And, and so our guys can buy in a little bit more. Yeah. I, I just I think those that that's an excellent point. I mean, all of it, but especially with family. It's so like trite and overused, you know, especially amongst probably any sports program. It's like, oh, yeah, once you come in, we're a big family, we're a big family. And you can say it till you're blue in the face, but what does it mean? You know, you ask, you know, any random program, any player on the team, what does that mean? You know, everyone's going to have a different answer, which is, you know, it may mean a little something different to everyone, but I love how here you guys define it. And this is what it's supposed to mean. So that way, you know, if we're all going to be on the same page, we're really going to have a great culture here. We need to be under the same assumption of that. If we're all a family, we, we all know what that means, what that means to each other, right? And I just, the fact that you guys actively go about that to teach that, you know, to your younger players, I'm sure the older guys teach to the younger players, that's got to do tremendous things for your program. I, I, I believe it does. And um, thankfully, you know, when we, when we kind of made this switch and, and Luke, I, I honestly believe that the, the, our leadership council, the way we structure our communication has has changed us completely so we, we took away that captain title and we have i think they're yeah they're up here i mean these are all our groups so you see you see that name at the top of that group yep he's he's essentially responsible for communicating to those six guys underneath him in all phases of what we do and we have a meeting every wednesday morning with all those council members and we sit down and we we literally talk about everybody on our team and um, wow. and you're not the only rule we have in that meeting is you can't mom and dad me, where it's you know how school good you know how, you know <laughs> how was practice fine, fine you know so it's if he's good tell me why that why why he's good I want to know exactly what's going on right and and it's not I mean we're not lunatics you know I don't need to know every single detail of this guy's personal life you know yeah. he's 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 a human being but from a team perspective everybody on this group has got to feel important in my opinion. You know, I, I, I'm not the coach that, um, I, the best advice I ever got from Bill Tierney. If you want, you want to know if you're a good coach, ask your worst player and see what he has to say. And so I want everybody to know, um, they're not, they're not dumb kids. These are smart young men. They know that there is a nature of this beast that involves highly skilled, highly talented speed, strength. They they go onto the field on game day, right? There's some discrepancies on who and when, and we can we can help them understand why. But we don't win unless everybody's invested in what we do. And the the best teams we've ever had, we've had outstanding scout defenses right we've had we call it the purple team here so the perp group is i mean they they execute well they're not just hooting and hollering and energetic you know this isn't this isn't middle school they play well they play good lacrosse and we need them to do that so uh, you'd be surprised at how many meetings i have with you know our four string goalie or our i'm like what's going on you know yeah. why do i care about your performance more than you do and so this forum on the, those Wednesday mornings, it helps these guys understand that as a coaching staff, uh, I, I'm focused on that young man. 
right? And it also, it, it gives them some freedom where we can delegate leadership and go, he needs to hear from you, man. Like, yeah. you, you got to talk to that guy. He He's fading a little bit here, and we need to bring him back in. He's got to know how important our success is um, with him invested in it. So, um, you know, this 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 has changed us. And when I talk about the hierarchy of the family, you know, our we only go as far as this council and these seniors take us. They, they, they just know more, right? Yeah. Same as your parents, right? Same as my parents. I never told them what to do. You know, <laughs> I just assumed they knew better yeah, and, exactly. and listened to them. You know, you challenge every now and then, but again, the concept of family, if you're a senior, you've done this for four years, right? You've, you've endured coach Raymond You've endured the weather. You've endured wins, losses. You've won championships. You've lost them. Huge wins, huge losses, bad wins, bad losses. You got to be able to communicate how to do this well. You got to be able to support a young man that doesn't know how to do it well yet. And if you don't, once again, we ain't going to win and we ain't going to have a successful year. Yeah. All right. Last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up here, um, I want you to think about the past a little bit. I think it was right, 2006. You're a captain of Johns Hopkins. You guys had 2005. a 2005. That's right. Yeah, sorry. That's right. 2005. You went undefeated and you won a national championship. I mean, on paper, you know, that was a perfect season. From that experience, you know, when you think back to that, I'm sure that helped form a lot of things you do, you know, seeing that type of success. And maybe you've already covered it here in this podcast, but what do you take from that year? bring to your program here at Hobart or what aspects of that do you try to bring here to have that type of success or to strive for that type of success? <laughs> yeah. Kyle Harrison and Paul Rabel are really good. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta find them on the recruiting trail. <laughs> um, no, I mean a lot, man. It's, that's a, that's a loaded question and a great one. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think there are, so many elements to the way my my plight at Hopkins went that keep that keeps me and my staff very relatable to everyone on the team you know i think one of the one of the curses of the coach is especially as a young coach you know you you cross over the player to coach threshold and you know all of a sudden you know everything and and you know they're your way is the only way and, and yada, yada, yada. And um, you forget what being a player is like, you know, yeah. you forget, you forget how hard it is. You know, you, for, you, you, you lose sympathy and you even lose empathy. You know, you're just, you're like, why aren't you doing this better? And there's lots of reasons, man. Yeah. You know, there's lots of reasons. So, um, you know, I think the first is um, by the time, by the time we got to that that championship season, we had lost in the final four um, the three years before that. And um, you know, I think uh, understanding that heartache and uh, I mean those great teams that we were on that that couldn't get over that hump, right? Where where it's so we kind of that last year was you know, let's stop talking all this mess and find that kind of was one or two things, right? That, yeah. that we know wins a championship or at least, or we know loses a championship, <laughs> right? So, um, it, and if you make it, if you try to make it more complicated, then 
Well, these are just all individual battles, man, that we got to win more of them in a championship game. Like, I think the, the one thing that we solidified that year was our execution in, in those high-pressure moments. You know, and I remember Chris Watson, uh, another fellow captain, the morning of the national championship game, he got up at breakfast and he's like, listen, you know, we've been here. Uh, we've talked for days, sorry, months, years, till we're blue in the face about how bad we want this and yada, yada, yada. You know, that's the, always the, the, the farce that the more competitive team wins. It's just, uh, I, I don't believe it to be true. Being competitive is not challenging. You know, I make this reference with my guys all the time. I'm like, if I, if I get into a tug of war match with my dog, I mean, it's like cross-reference through species. Like, he wants to win really yeah. bad. You know, he's competing. He's a fat bulldog. And he he, he will, to to his death, try to rip that, that rope out of my hands. Competing, wanting to be competitive and win is not challenging. Yeah. You know, it's it's innate. It's, it's, it's human nature. Um, so let's wash that out. Understand that you need to be able to compete and find joy and happiness and, and love in it if, if you're going to if you're gonna play collegiate athletics, if you're gonna play division one athletics, if you are gonna win a national championship, you have to be competitive enough to to come every day with with that with that spirit. So let's get that easy stuff out of the way and let's start talking about brass tacks. Like we need to we need to get stops, right? Yeah. We need possessions. We need to clear the ball. We need to I mean that 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 became a big part of that senior year. Where it was like, and then back to that Chris Watson speech, um, and it wasn't Ray Ra motivational. He's the smartest man you'll ever meet. And he's like, we talked about this. This is about executing, okay? Now, we've put ourselves in a position where our culture's great. We've worked at it. We love each other. None of that matters right now, right? That's in our pocket. Ace in the hole's Got good. That, yeah. yeah, we're set. So let's go play well today. Right. Let's play yeah. this game well that we've done all the way up until this point. And and again, same joke. Let's give the ball to Kyle a ton. <laughs> and, you know, watch him run by some folks. So, you know, we had some good players and this and that. But it, I can tell you, we had a very close team. It was it was it was pure unification. That's how Petro did it. He he made every day borderline impossible, you know, to succeed in terms of what he saw. You know, yeah. even if you're playing well. You never heard it from him, right? And yeah. I just—it makes so much sense now. At the time, I'm like, "Come on, man, please just <laughs> tell us we're good." But um, you know, so we 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 got we got tough through that. You know, we just we got resilient. We saw we we developed perseverance with each other, so that in those high pressure moments, nothing was too hard for us. You know, I, I think one thing I'm most proud of is running out of that tunnel to the national championship game, and not being worried about anything, you know, not, not, not wondering, am I ready for this? Or if this guy does, am I, am I going to be prepared for that? Or I just, I knew I was, you know, I, I knew where to be and when I, I knew where to handle the ball in these spots. I knew how to clear the ball. I knew how to, how we wanted to defend Duke. I knew, you know, where, where we were sliding and why, and Zach Greer, this, I just, it was, it was a great feeling, man. Just being, yeah. being that prepared in that high pressure of a moment where I could just put my arms around my boys and go, let's, let's wrap it up and do this thing, man. Like yeah. this is going to be fun. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're, we're coming up in an hour here. So, um, I'm a talker, bro. Yeah, and, hey, and I just hey, down this easy. cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it, that, that flew by. Sometimes I'm checking the clock the whole time, but, um, 
yeah, I appreciate you you having me out here, and um, you know, a lot of great stuff there, and obviously. You're doing some things well here, and I, you Thank know, you. I, you can see that that's only on the up and up. And um, look forward to watching this spring. And best of luck. I appreciate it, man. This has been great. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Recruiting 101. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a question for Luke? Email them to questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com.